We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman. And we're here to preview Indiana's trip to number two, Ohio State, on Saturday. The game will kick off at noon on Fox. Um, Another national TV game. Uh, another big noon kickoff game, um, as well as the pregame show, Indiana enters uh, this game mathematically still eligible for a bowl, but um, that dream is more than likely dead, um, dead on arrival in Columbus. Um, Indiana, I believe, is currently a 41-point underdog, uh, and uh Ohio State's coming off a game where they didn't look as sharp as they wanted to. And in the age of the college football playoff, we're back to uh, style points. And uh, you could bet anything that that Ohio State wants to show the committee that um, that last week was due to insane weather in Evanston with 40 and 50 mile an hour winds and rain and all that stuff and not due to the fact that they um, they play in the bigger, slower uh, Big Ten, according to some people. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a game where IU has very little hope, if, uh, if any. But there are still things that uh, we're watching for. Um, so, TJ, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Yeah, non-football-wise, it's very nice getting into, uh, you know, getting into November, heading toward the holiday season. So. Um, doing very well unfortunately the mood will be dampened as we talk about the upcoming matchup with the ohio state buckeyes as you said 41 point underdogs there's uh, look there's no point sugarcoating this there's really not much reason to be hopeful or optimistic looking at these last three games yeah there's not um Although you did send a message that SB Nation Purdue board wants Jeff Brom out and that they will be lucky to beat IU. So we might be in for a uh, yeah. a zero zero bucket game tie uh, in the age of overtime. So, you know, you know, it's, that. it's interesting. You bring up uh, that brings up a point here. I mean, I I often will do this that, you know, oh, Fans of X are crazy, um, whatever program you're talking about. And it, it really is the truth. I mean, fan, short for fanatic, and sometimes there are segments of a fan base that just don't make a whole lot of rational sense. And that's okay. You know, I think that the, the 
irrational part of the IU football fan base might actually be the part of the fan base which we are a part of that still cares as much as we do about this program that really doesn't love you back. Um, it's It brings up an interesting point in that it really is all about expectation level, right? I mean, Purdue fans, um, just as an example, really had their expectations set up based on the return of their quarterback, their their head coach, who is dubbed, uh, you know, offensive genius, um, and the fact that the Big Ten West is wide open. Yep. And they've got these expectations set up, and then you have a game like they had against Iowa where nothing goes right. And you look inept on offense and give up. Well, TJ, most- I'll, I'll correct you there. Everything went right in that game. The Boilermaker special broke down and Purdue yeah. broke down. So it was a perfect day up in West Lafayette. That's true. It was a perfect day from our from our vantage point. And really, I mean, Iowa fans, that's another fan base. They have been fed up all year with their offense and for multiple seasons now with their offense. And there they sit at five and four. Yep. I mean, it's, it's your expectation level and the fan base, the Indiana fan base expectation level was risen by the 2020 season when we are now seeing with every passing week, how much of a apparent aberration that was. Right. Um, But the expectation level got, got risen enough that you're now looking around like, man, that, that was fun for that season. And now we're back to this. Um, It's just incredibly disappointing. It really is to enter every week feeling like, you well, have no shot. Uh, here's going to be a fun three hours, said sarcastically, right? I mean, it's just, it's not fun. No, it's zero fun. And I think your key to the season, TJ, was to find a football team that uh, made football fun again. And I don't think that happened. But to go back on to expectations and all that stuff, you, you, you go back to the 2019 and 2020 seasons, which are great seasons for IU. They went 14-7 and seven over those two seasons with two uh, bowl bursts. I don't think people enjoyed them. You, you go back and you see the comments, well, they didn't beat anybody with a winning record, or, you know, they blew the bowl game, or it was a COVID year. Well, now you know that these seasons are fleeting and sometimes they're few and far between. So when they do happen, you got to enjoy them. And for IU on the administrative standpoint point, you got to take advantage of it. You, you, yeah. you had a lot of momentum, you know, even the first two years of Tom Allen, you went five and seven, you're playing in a bucket game for bowl birth, the first two seasons. Um, and, you know, I think the, the worrying part um for this year is that you, you kind of fell off a cliff, didn't kind of fall off a cliff, you've fallen off a cliff. It, it hasn't yeah. been like you went down to five wins and then four and then three. No, you went from, you know, six and two to two and 10. And if you want to throw the non-conference schedule into 2020, you're probably looking at a nine win team. And then, so you went from nine wins hypothetically to two. Um, and it, it's, and then this year, 
you're looking for a bounce back, a lot of guys back, and, and you get you get the big opening win, and, and maybe they put too much importance on that. But now you're you're staring three and nine in the eye, uh, in the eyes, and it's you have no momentum. So the the athletic department as well needs to capitalize on these seasons. And you know, it, it's kind of been a pattern where you know, you had the Mallory years, they didn't capitalize. You had um the, the Bill Lynch, Terry Hepner era is so awkward and so weird. You had the real nice run in 2007, and then it kind of fell off. So there, there really was no momentum, and you had Coach Hep passed away, and it was, it was just unfortunate. It was like what could have been with, with Coach Hep. Um, and then you had the Wilson years where, where you go to a bowl game at 15 and 16, um, and there's no momentum from that because you had to get rid of Wilson after the 16th season. But, you know, those – you went to four bowl games in six years and you couldn't fundraise enough to, you know, upgrade facilities. When you actually did spend money, your teams were winning um, and, and things like that. You, you didn't um, update the concourses. I actually went to the basketball game last night. And I'm standing in the, in the concession line and somebody behind me – is going, man, these concession stands are so much better than football. They have TVs, they're brightly lit and all that stuff. It, it's, I mean, it's night and day. And yeah, I get it. You're outside and it's a little bit more difficult to to put TVs up. But, you know, TVs are not super duper expensive anymore. Um, you, you put a couple TVs up, you take a, you put them up on Saturday afternoon or Saturday morning, you take them down Sunday morning, Saturday night, and, and you get on with your life. But my point is, is IU failed to capture that momentum, uh, both from a fan standpoint. I think, you know, the fans were overly critical. You just sit back and enjoy it. And it's going to be like that this basketball season, too. The basketball team looks good. They look like they could make a run, um, both in the Big Ten and maybe deep in the tournament. I never call anybody a Final Four team just because it's such an unrealistic expectation. Who knows who you run into in the tournament you could be playing, you know, Southwest, you know, Ivy Tech Institute of Technology, uh, A&M, and they have some dude who's going to go off nine for 11 from downtown that we've never heard of, and they win. That's just the nature of the tournament. But just sit back and enjoy it. Enjoy the, you know, winning because it's been both with basketball and football. It's been a while. Um, so, that, that's my message to the fan. Enjoy it and to the athletic department. They failed to take advantage of it. And now you're, now you're paying for it. Um, you, you're in a situation where uh, you, you have a coach whose buyout is 25 and a half million, goes down to 20 point something next year, and then drops to 7.8. And do you, do you ride with him for the next two years and hope he turns it around? Um, do you, bite the bullet and pay the $25 million, $25.5 million, or negotiate it down to something and, and go get another coach and things like that. But, you know, from what I saw Saturday against Penn State, it, it, the most – I didn't care about the score. I really didn't. Um, what, what frustrated me most was that Jack Tuttle started the game uh, yep. and that, you know, Parker Hanna came in for Josh Sales instead of using somebody like Bray Lynch or Carter Smith to tackle. Uh, yeah, you have veterans on this team that are making stupid 
stupid penalties, um, you know, crimes against the team, as Tom Allen calls them. And there's no accountability. Uh, you know, there's no, you know, putting guys on the bench for a series or two and, and letting young guys go. And you know, why are we redshirting Omar Cooper? It's it's insanity. And that's what I want to look for against Ohio State, TJ. No, we're not going to get into matchups to watch and keys to victory um, and all those things because, honestly, I think people are tired of it. And it's you're a 41-point underdog. You're going to need a miracle uh, or two or three or four to beat Ohio yeah. State on Saturday. Um, but it's, to me, watching the game, I want to see – what young guys go in? Are they going to play Dexter Williams and Brandon Soresby after they announce that Connor Basilak is a starter? I get it. I, you don't really want to throw a true freshman out there against Ohio State at Ohio Stadium uh, with a, a poor defensive line or offensive line. Um, but Dexter Dexter Williams deserves a chance. This is his third year in the program, and it seems like they've shied away with him every chance they've gotten. Uh, so I'd like to see him play. I'd like to see some of these young linemen play. It's a little bit more difficult to do on a road game in the Big Ten since you could only travel 74, but that's what I'm looking for. See what you have. Play some of these young guys because, as Alex said on our after the dust settles on uh, Sunday night, if you're not playing now, when are you going to play? So that's that's yeah. my take on this game, TJ. Well, I just – did the strategy that they used make any sense to you? Because let's let's attempt to approach this from a you know outsider standpoint. Because we we didn't have any inside knowledge of what they were going to do. What we did know was that the behavior surrounding the quarterback position going into the game was different, right? The the way that it was talked about was different in that Connor Basilak was not available for the media. Yeah, you knew um, something was up. Right, yeah. We knew something was going to happen just based on the difference in how it was being approached from, you know, from the coaching staff. Now, what we did not know was how it was going to play out. And we come to find out that Jack Tuttle takes the majority of first-team reps in that practice based on Walt Bell saying that Soresby played, quote, how you'd expect him to play for a freshman who had 12 to 15 reps in practice. That would indicate to me that Jack Tuttle got the majority of reps in practice. Jack Tuttle starts the game. Jack Tuttle does his best. And this is not a shot at Jack Tuttle. Jack Tuttle gets hurt. We know Jack Tuttle is transferring after the season. All of his teammates know that Jack Tuttle is transferring after the season. He will not be here, and your program will not be benefiting from whatever experience he gets from those reps in practice. So, I guess from my standpoint, if you are attempting to do what is best for the program, how on earth does it make sense to play Jack Tuttle, give Jack Tuttle the reps in practice, and take those and that experience away from Soresby and Williams, who you would hope will be in the program moving forward? I don't understand it. 
and now we have Connor Basilak, who was apparently not any specific injury, just really beat up from the previous games in the season, back for this game against Ohio State. But it's being mentioned that somebody like Dexter Williams showed enough to Tom Allen that Williams will apparently be in the mix somehow at quarterback moving forward in some type of package or rotating or whatever. I I guess I just don't understand how that position is being handled by the staff. It doesn't really make any sense to me. Do you have any better way to explain this to fans or is everybody as confused as I am? Uh, I, I think everybody's as confused as you are including myself. The only thing that I could, um, it's kind of hard to put logic on it. The only thing that I could think of is, hey, Connor Basilek might be in this program for the next two years. But that argument goes out the window. With He's had, what, what was it, six games, seven games, seven games to show you what he's got. And you you know what he is, and he's gotten beat up. And I thought that Cincinnati game broke him. Um, you know, he had some good moments against Illinois and Western Kentucky and led drives down the field. And just Cincinnati beat the, the tar out of him. And you, you saw him late in the game, and he's spiking the football, and he's getting angry. And, you know, that it's, it's something that uh, you don't want, ever want to throw your teammates under the bus. But those actions, look, I, I've it was back in JV football. I've been a quarterback who's gotten sacked behind a terrible offensive line. Um, it's not fun, and it is frustrating. You spike the ball and, and you're done. You just mentally checked out and and things like that. And you know he he's a tough kid. He's made some plays, but it makes no. You know what you got in him. So let him yeah. heal and recover, um, and go with the young guys. Now. I get well, it. It's who Ohio. Wants to play, who wants to play quarterback behind this offensive line against Ohio State? Who Nobody. wants to do that? Nobody. Uh, but that's also a problem is, okay, we, we've – I don't know what the injury to Josh Sales is and what's his timeline, but let's say he's out on Saturday. Right. They cannot start Parker Hanna. You cannot do that. I mean, it, it's it, – it's, I don't know, brainless. It's flat out stupid. You're, you're, Parker Hanna gave it the old college try, and you can't blame him for that. You know, he was a Division II guy. You didn't expect him to, to um, be thrown into the mix like he has been, but he's not performed. He's not a Big Ten level um, offensive lineman. So go play one of your freshmen. That's the thing. He, Parker Hanna's gone after this year. He's exhausted his eligibility. And this is, as you said on Sunday, it's the same mistakes over and over again. So, yeah, I don't get why Connor Bazelak is starting. <laughs> I, I don't get it. Other than you don't want to get Dexter Williams or, or uh, Brandon uh, Storsby killed. But you're going to throw Connor Bazelak, who's already banged up and, and probably mentally shot for the season out there. Um if you're gonna play, if you're gonna play Dexter Williams at all, you might as well just start. 
So that's, I, I mean, I expect this to be a bloodbath. Uh, as we said, Ohio State's coming off a, a I don't know, a 21-7 ho-hum victory in, in a monsoon against Northwestern, but it wasn't impressive to, to the right people. So the, you, you're going to want to – they're going to want to run up the score, look good, uh, get people back and, and say, hey, we're going to solidify our, our spot, you know, as the number two team or the number one team in the country – um, depending on what, what Georgia does this week is, as well. And they have a big matchup at the end of the season, and they want to have enough padding in their resume that if they do lose to Michigan, that they could sneak in as a four seed uh, at the end of the year. So the, it, it, it's almost back to that BCS um, style points, uh, you know, run up the score and stuff like that because it matters. It does, you know, otherwise, you know, 21-7 against Northwestern in, uh, in a monsoon. Okay, move on. You chalk it up for the weather, you move on, you go undefeated, you, you get a shot at the title. Now it's okay, well, oh, LSU beat Bama. There's, you know, Georgia's cleared number one. Tennessee still has a shot. Um, you have a couple Pac-12 teams who might get a shot. Um, TCU. Might get a shot if you you know if Ohio State loses and Michigan loses in a a Big Ten title game, TCU might sneak in there. So you're going to have to get grab as as many wins by as many points as possible. So, but and it's going to come at the expense of IU, and it sucks. I, I don't know yeah. how to. I, I don't know anything else. I, I mean, IU, you know, to win the game on Saturday is going to need five or six miracles. And if IU plays their A game and Ohio State plays their F minus game, IU might have a shot. But we haven't seen IU's A game, uh, at least to my expectations. Maybe we have to what they're capable of, but we haven't seen yeah. their A game um, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it stinks, uh, but this is what we do. We cover IU football, and it's uh, – you know, it, it's an important part of the athletic department, which I don't think people realize. And, you know, you, you'll see um, the women's team tips off, I believe, tonight against Vermont. You, you know, the football money that football brings in has helped build that program up with Terry Morin and stuff like that. Um, wrestling is ranked that those programs don't exist without a competent, you know, football team. You know, they, they don't thrive without a competent football team. Um, so it's – I wish the department saw that. Um, but, yeah, Saturday is going to be another – hey, you know, tune, if, tune in if you don't – if you want to watch because you're an IU football fan, go do something else. If you're just casual college football fan and, uh, you know, are sick of wasting Saturdays. I, I mean, there's – I've defended this program. For basically for the last ten years, forever since I since I was a student, but now it's to the point where, you know, it's the, the outcome is basically determined. You're going to get your brains beat in on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's hard to find major conference games with forty plus point uh, point spreads. Uh, it's 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 not unheard of, but it is 
difficult yep. to find. And the gap between Indiana and the the powers in this conference is wider than it has been in quite some time. Um, and really, that's not all that important. I mean, Ohio no. State and Michigan are largely playing a different sport than what Indiana is. We, we yeah, get that. Yeah, so you're, you're falling behind a, Maryland. You're falling behind exactly, Rutgers. Exactly. You're falling behind exactly. Illinois. Those matchup games, yeah. which we talk about so often, you know, the pathway to six wins, that's what we talk about. Yep. It's three in the non-conference, and then you got to find three more wins, and those need to come from this season. It was you got to find three wins out of Michigan State, Maryland, Illinois, Purdue, Nebraska, Nebraska Rutgers. That's that's what it was. Um, and when the divisions go away, sure, that perhaps becomes a little easier. If I am so yeah. ready to play USC, UCLA, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, and like yeah. I don't know who else they're, they're going to add Notre and Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah, all in the same and, year because you know that's what we do. Right. Yeah, and then you know, I was going to say it, it becomes a little easier perhaps when you aren't locked into playing Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State every season as yep. a fourth of your schedule. Maybe you know we'll see what the schedules look like, but it perhaps becomes easier. But it will not matter if Indiana doesn't have an improved, competent program. It won't matter. No. Because the games against Rutgers and Maryland and Nebraska, guess what? Those are winnable games that they just found a way to lose. Yep. So the matchup games, quote-unquote, won't matter. And right now, that's what it looks like IU is drifting back to. Yeah, and it's drifting back to kind of the Donardo era where, you know, you, you score three points against Ohio. Yeah, non-competitive uh, in the right. big games. And maybe you hang with an Illinois for a little bit. Maybe, a, um, I don't know, their non-conference scheduling during his tenure stunk too. Um, but, you know, you you got to get somebody in there who, who knows how to build a program. I, I don't know the contracts for these games, and I don't – you know, Michigan's played an absolutely fluffy, soft non-conference schedule the last two years. Now it might come and bite them in the butt this year um, in terms of the playoffs, but there's no reason why IU can't do that. Why can't we play UConn, Hawaii, and Colorado State at home? None of them are a Power 5 team. We, uh, yep. it's, it, um, you know, it, so you pay UConn an extra, you know, half a million dollars to come in and maybe not this year win, but, you, you know, go pay, play a team that you know you're going to beat and get those three wins because that's what matters. Nobody cares who you beat. At least I don't. I don't, You get six. Yeah. Fans get it, – it's not college basketball. Strength the schedule – for IU to go to whatever bowl game they're going to go to, doesn't matter. They're not competing for a playoff spot right now. They're not going to probably compete for a playoff spot in the future. It's 
in order to do that, you're going to have to beat Ohio State, Michigan, either USC, UC, all in one season. And that just doesn't happen outside of the COVID year when you beat Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State and Wisconsin in the same year for the first time like ever. doesn't happen. So you got to set yourself up to get to bowl games and get to that step and get there consistently. And really, nobody cares. Nobody cares that they played Eastern Illinois in 2019. Nobody cared that, you know, they, they played whatever, Central Connecticut or somebody. You know, who cares that they played on Utah in 2002? But you lost. That's what they remember is that they went whatever, three and nine or two and eight or whatever that year, two and nine. That's what they remember is the final score. Nobody cares who you lost to in your 703 all-time losses. Nobody cares. Nobody's counting, oh, well, you know, Michigan's 900. Like, nobody cares that Michigan beat, like, Michigan school, fight school, like, five times. They're not counting those. No, Like, they're not counting appointments. So somebody in the department needs to wake up. If you could get out of the contracts, great. If not, whatever. You you roll with it and, and try your best. Maybe you you got to hit the transfer portal for offense alignment, which means you got to get NIL going uh, and, and things like that. So it, it's more than the coaching. And I think the coaching is a problem right now with the roster management um, and, and some discipline issues on the field and stuff like that. I scheme wise, I don't guys are in position to make plays. They're there to make tackles. They just haven't. You got to look at the strength and conditioning program as well. It's like the on-field product is the least of my worries right now. It, it, it's all the rest. So I, I know we haven't previewed the Ohio State game, but nobody wants to hear a preview of the Ohio State game. They they want to hear what the health of this program is. And right yeah, now, I think it's not we good. can preview it pretty quickly. I mean, CJ Stroud is going to throw for as many yards as they want him to. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably going to catch a couple of touchdowns. Uh, They are probably going to have a lot of sacks because, you know, they've got a very good defensive front. Indiana struggles against just average defensive lines. And if Ohio State chooses to attack, it's going to be another long day for IU's quarterback, whoever that ends up being. Um, You know, whether that's Connor Basilak, plus Dexter Williams or just Basilac, whatever. It's going to be a long day for them, and it's going to make it hard for IU's offense to do anything because yep. they won't have time back there uh, or space in the running game. So that's, that's perhaps most frustrating from an offensive standpoint is I still don't think we can even evaluate Walt Bell. No. How do you evaluate him? Because what, what can you run when there's – basically no protection. What can you do? There's a few things that can maybe help, but you you can't have a successful offense with a, you know, bottom 10% of college football offensive line. Yeah. It's not, you can't, you can't evaluate the scheme, but whoever's in charge of like the rotations at running back, um, right. Wide receiver and all that stuff. It's fair to evaluate that. And they have not been good. You know, Josh Henderson needs to get more than eight touches. He's clearly the best, most reliable back that they have. Um, You know, Sean Shiver's not going to be with the program next year. Um, Well, 
and they they try to. I understand it, wanting to get Jalen Lucas the ball, and I love that. But, but you could run a two back system. Yeah, you could run a two back system with Jalen Lucas yeah. and and Josh Henderson. Get Jalen Lucas out in space. In between the tackle runs with Lucas, can we try that? No, we haven't, mean, unlo- we, haven't, we haven't unlocked that um, the, that that uh, I don't know special feature yet. Oh, it, I, it, it's yeah. it's frustrating. It, it's you know you're going to have a whole bunch of people hit the transfer portal. Some of them, I'm fine, whatever. You, you those upperclassmen who haven't gotten to play, I get it. Go play somewhere else. Want that scholarship? Yeah. Yep. But, you know, guys, Josh Henderson has been a productive player. He has two years left. You you got to find out, okay, he could play. Let's see, because you're going to have to play Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan next year. So why not accelerate the development of these guys? Accelerate the development of Dexter Williams. Not, oh, we're going to protect him because he hasn't played any. Okay, so things are going to be a lot very fast against Penn State and Ohio State. But now you've seen that speed. Now you're used to it. All right, you're getting used to it. So that when you play against, you know, Louisville next year or whoever else they have in Akron, it looks slow. And you could slow it down and you could go and get him on tape going into the offseason. Say, hey, these are the things we need to work on. Hey, remember that game at Ohio State when it seemed like they had nine guys in your lap before the ball snapped? All right, this is what we're going to do. We've seen it. And that's what I think IU is missing, is that, yeah, you want to protect the guys and, and things like that. You don't want to get anybody hurt. and Maybe that's the big fear. But at the same time, you, you got to get your youth in there because – you can't be afraid to play Bray Lynch. You can't be afraid to play Carter Smith or Vinny Valley Cable or, you know, Cam Knight. Let's see what they have. If they, if they stink and there's no development, okay. It's the age of the transfer portal. Maybe it's best that you go find another place to play. But what if they're good? Yep. What if they can yep. help you? What if they go and say, hey, if I'm not playing this year, I'm not playing at all. So we're going to go somewhere else, and they become an all-conference player. It just it makes no sense. And no sense. So we'll, we'll see. That's what I'm looking for on Saturday is are, right. are you going right. to start developing, you know, don't – well, the season might be a throwaway. Don't throw away these last three games. Use yep. them. Get something out. Yeah, you got to use them. And I, I think that's from a from a Hoosier huddle standpoint. You know, the result of Saturday's game is not really in question. Um, so I think what we're going to be looking for is, is those individual performances. Yep. Those individual. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a play that flashed from that guy. Or hey, at least what we hope to see. Oh, there's a young guy that got some experience, and you know what? He made a few nice plays. Or he didn't look out of place out there. That's the building piece for the future. That kind of thing. Because, I mean, when you're, when you're faced with something like this, it'd be easy for us to just say, well, yeah, they, uh, they lost by 50, and all right, on to the next one. But I think a way that we can kind of look at this game outside of the result is, all right, did they play hard? 
and who was able to get on the field and, and kind of stand out a couple of times against the best opponent uh, and the best caliber of athlete in this conference. Yep. You know, that's the benchmark right there. That is, that's the benchmark. You're not going to see anything better than that. Nope. So if you can do it against them, you can do it against anybody in IU schedule. And I think that's what we're going to be looking for, you know, against Ohio State and then uh, against Michigan State as well. Who can stand out? And then the bucket game, that one speaks for itself. In in reality, that's the only thing I use playing for the rest of this year. Hey, There's a spittoon, too. It'd be nice to get the spittoon, but it's on the road. It'd be nice to not do one of these podcasts after a loss. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, Another going back to development, go back to 20, 2011 when Kevin Wilson's first year. They yeah. they tried Edward Wright Baker and Dusty Keel. They they gave him a fair shot, but you had Trey Roberson on the bench. I think I forgot what week it was, but it's sometime in October. They're going to Kinnick Stadium, tough place to play, good Iowa team, and they start Trey Roberson, and he plays well, and you have a little bit of hope. You know, hey, he flashed against them. They they put up points. They, I think they scored like twenty four points. It was like forty one twenty four. It was that awful IU team. But Trey, Trey Roberson showed that he belonged on the field. And that's what people want to see with Dexter Williams and Brandon Sorsby. Can you, like you said, can you make a few plays against Ohio State's defense? Can you give a glimmer of hope on something that you could build on going into spring practice um, yeah, and things like that? And that I, I'll give Kevin Wilson all the credit in the world. You're playing a true freshman. Yeah, he was a little skinny kid then, too. But he turned out to be uh, – who knows what would happen if he stayed at IU. But he was starting over Sudfeld a lot. Um, and it was – he was a fun player to watch. So give them – give them, uh, give these young guys a chance. See if they can make a few plays. If you get the bucket, great. If you get the spittoon, great. But what's more important right now, outside of the bucket, is experience. Yep. You all right. Do what's best to build your program. That's all you can do at this point is decide what's best for your program. Yep, because and you're probably – That's not playing, you know, guys that will not be here moving forward. Yeah. And I, I mean, there's only so many guys you could play. At some point, you're going to have to play guys who are not going to be here just because you have 74 sure. people. But, yeah, play every chance you can. Play a young guy. You know, as yep. long as they're physically able to survive, play a young guy. If you're going to go out there and say, oh, man, he's going to break his leg or he's not right, fine, sit him. But if they get burned by Marvin Harrison Jr. for an 80-yard touchdown, who cares? You've seen it. It's on tape. Correct it. Because guess what? Philip Dunham has been a lot better since he led up the touchdown to uh, whatever, Trey, uh, the guy from Nebraska, um, you know, uh, on that long pass. He's been a lot better because yeah. they got it on tape and they corrected it. Yeah, it stunk at the time, um, but in a washout season, give me that. Uh, that's the development you're looking for. Is some guy, somebody who could come in, okay, we're going to plug you in next year. This is where we, you could play next year. Um, so, but that does it for today's podcast. Um, thanks, TJ, for 
I guess we'll call it football therapy. Um, and uh, IU kicks off against Ohio State at noon on Saturday in Columbus at the Shoe on Fox. Uh, the pregame will also be in Columbus at, uh, I believe, 1030 is big noon kickoff on Fox uh, as well. Uh, hang in there, Hoosier Nation. Hopefully we get to see some of these uh, young guys uh, young guys play. Enjoy the start of basketball season as well. Just enjoy the victories uh, and things like that. It was a, for a cupcake game. The atmosphere at Assembly Hall was awesome last night. And I, I couldn't really see what number 24 did to the student section. But <laughs> me and my wife were, were laughing our butts off every time he touched the ball that he got on him. And um, – and that's what college sports is all about. And I think, uh, I, I think number 24 enjoyed it as well. Um, you know, it, it's one of those environments that, hey, we're playing a Big Ten. I, you know, I hit a big shot, and I think they stared at them or something, and, and they got on them. But uh, enjoy it. Keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com as well. We'll have all of your content leading up to the game, through the game, after the game, uh, and the entire season will take you also – through the off season uh, and, and things like that. Um, so thanks, TJ. Absolutely. Thanks everybody for sticking in there. We'll, uh, we've seen dark seasons before and we've gotten through it. This too shall pass. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.